Welcome to this conversation. I'm your host, Teresa Keller, and my guest today is Jackie Reynolds, but she's got a big title that goes in front of that. Jackie Reynolds is Coach Jackie Reynolds, and she is a baseball coach, a bench coach with the Johnson City Doughboys. Welcome to this conversation, Coach Reynolds, and what has your day been like so far today? Today, well, (laughs) I woke up was going to walk to the gym to find out that it was thundering and lightning out, opened my door, shut the door, went back to bed. (laughs) Well, so you haven't been exactly wearing it out on the diamond so far today. So did you have a game that got canceled? No, we have seven o'clock games. Okay. So seven o'clock game tonight. Yes. All right. Well, we're pre-recording this so people can ignore the day and not try to rush to the ballpark. But um, you're with the Johnson City Doughboys. And first of all, before we talk about what you do as a bench coach, let's talk about the team. What kind of team is the Johnson City Doughboys? The Doughboys are a collegiate um, team in the Appy League. They're in Johnson City, Tennessee. It's part of five teams that are in Tennessee and then there's West Virginia teams there's a team in North Carolina what about Virginia like Bristol your neighbors yeah Bristol they're on the line so they're technically Tennessee and Virginia um we just faced them a couple couple days ago um but we face uh Elizabethan which is the next town over the next couple days so oh how'd that come out with the Bristol game we actually, <laughs> the game actually got canceled due to a thunderstorm that happened that actually took out their right field fence. And they, the outfield was uh, covered in water that you needed a boat. <laughs> My goodness. Well, you said that, that the Doughboys are a collegiate team in the Appy League. Yep. I always thought that these baseball teams around here in the summer were like, affiliated with pro teams. Is that not the case? They used to be. So all the ballparks in the Appy League were uh, single-A affiliates at one point. Uh, Back when COVID happened, the single-A teams around here actually all folded. They folded the league that it was. And once they did that, they turned it into a collegiate league so they can keep the fans and all the ballparks still in use. And what does a collegiate team mean? I would assume that this means that you have a collection of college players who are playing during the summer. Yep. So it's, um, I think we have 32 guys, I think, on the roster. And they're all from Division One schools, a couple JUCO guys, um, and a couple NAIA guys as well. You know, we have guys from, we have a guy from Tennessee. We have a couple guys from West Virginia. We have a couple guys from Milligan University. We have some other, uh, we got someone committed to Purdue, uh, Maryland. So we have a good uh, variety of different colleges that these guys come from. And where do they stay during the summer while they're all in Johnson City from all over the country on summer break from their universities? So for us, um, they are in the dorms at ETSU. Um, and then some of the local guys, obviously, they're local, so they just commute to the ballpark every day instead of living in the dorms. We have a couple of guys that actually grew up in Johnson City, so they just get to stay at their home. 
Now, you know what you just said, Jackie? You just talked about the 32 guys and some of the guys do this and some of the guys do that. And you are not a guy. You are a female. Are you the only female associated with the team? With this team, coaching staff wise, um, on the coaching staff, yes, we also have a data coordinator who is a female and our athletic trainer is female. So I'm not the only girl around here. Yeah, but you're the only one with the title coach, Coach Reynolds. Yes. On our team, yes, there is another coach, um, Carol. Uh, she coaches for the Sock Puppets. That's on the other side of um, the Appy League. All right. So it's not unheard of, but it is still unusual for a woman to be in your position. So the first question before I ask you a bunch of questions about that is how irritating it is it for people to be always asking you, how is it that you're a female in this position? Um, I don't think it's irritating. I just, I just answer the question all the time. I don't know. It's like, because people always ask me what I do and I say, oh, I coach baseball. And, and the first question always back is, you mean softball, right? And I go, no, not softball, baseball. All right. So here's the story. I love talking to people who are, who are doing unusual things. And by virtue of your gender, you are doing something unusual in, the, in this country and in the culture of baseball. What in the world made you decide that you wanted to be a baseball coach? I've. I grew up always um, in the baseball kind of world, I guess I should say. Me and my family would always go to different baseball stadiums every year uh, to go watch some MLB games. And I have a younger brother who played baseball growing up. I didn't get the chance to when I was younger, but as I grew up, I did get to play baseball. But when I was younger, I would always be going to his practices um, eventually some of the teams that he played for, I actually practiced with them a couple times. So I always, I always knew that I wanted to do something in baseball. I didn't know that coaching was an option until the opportunity was handed to me by one of my brother's coaches at one point. They had just asked me, Hey, I know you like baseball. Do you want to help with coaching? And of course the answer was yes. Were you an athlete on your own in high school, college? What's been your background in terms of your own performance on the athletic field? So I boycotted softball for the longest time. And then I, in high school, was asked to help out. The freshman team needed like two or three players in order to have a softball team. And the gym teacher, who was the coach at the time, asked me. And I was like, if you find enough girls and you just need one more, then I'll do it. So then I ended up playing sophomore my freshman year of high school that turned into me being on varsity my sophomore junior and senior year ended up going to college walking on to the softball team there except I tore my ACL in the fall and that was kind of it for the college um, life for me with with sports I always did sports growing up I am a second degree black belt in taekwondo I did track in high school and I did high jump and I did shot put and I sprinted for them. And then pretty much just once I graduated college, everything went back to, to baseball where I, I played. I'm a pitcher. So I go on a bunch of different tournaments every year and I play with a couple of different teams that, that I'm on. Now, I'm wait a minute. Busy. I think I misunderstood you. After college, you went back to baseball or softball? No, uh, baseball. You played baseball as a pitcher? Yes. After yeah. college. 
Yes. Would you were on a team with all guys at that point? Um, so I play on a few different teams. I play on an all girls baseball team called the New England Red Sox. We travel to Virginia and Florida a couple times a year to go play. And then I do play on men's teams. I, me and one of my buddies, we drove like two and a half hours on Sunday mornings to go play baseball in Connecticut um, to be on a men's team that down there. And then back home in Boston, I'm on a couple of men's teams and I play in different leagues up there too. You you said I'm going to j- jump track here just for a second that you about Boston and mm-hmm. how it is that you're here for the summer. So you're in Boston, and when it's not summer and you're off coaching baseball in Virginia, Tennessee, what are you doing in the rest of the academic year? So I coach at UMass Boston. Uh, I've been there for the past three years. This upcoming fall, we'll start my fourth year there. I've done a lot with them. I run their social media accounts. I was the outfield coach and I turned into a little bit of a roamer this year. I worked with the infielders. I worked with the outfielders. Yeah, that's kind of what I just do. I just coach you around. So you are a full-time coach at the University of Massachusetts. You are an assistant baseball coach. You also do social media and that kind of thing. Yep. I'm an assistant baseball coach there and I, I make all the graphics and stuff using that college degree that I got. What was the degree in? Graphic design and sport management. Ah, beautiful combination. All right, here's the question. We got to ask, we've seen too many movies and we've lived it too much. We know how it is that men sometimes just want to, don't want a girl in their turf. How has that, come on now, tell us the truth. How hard has it been? Give us the best and the worst stories of your experience. It's an interesting topic because for guys that get it, which is most players, they want me to be there because they learn and can learn in a different way than sometimes with other guy coaches. I think we just take two different perspectives. And I know the guys like having me around because I think it gives them a sense of just like normalness a little bit too, because, you know, they could have a bad day and they could come up to me and, you know, they could actually talk about it. Whereas if they went up to one of the other coaches, they might not be able to talk about certain things. And I think it just gives them another person that they can go to. So you're describing enlightened men. And I guess, you know, I'm an older generation and I think younger men are probably not the way I just portrayed the general picture of men accepting women in in that position. So that's what's good. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I mean, they're athletes. So anybody that can help them out, they're going to listen to and they're going to they're going to want to learn from. Um, as soon as you know that you're talking to somebody that they know that they're ta- what they're that they know what they're talking about, it turns the perspective. Like that's what I would say to anybody that didn't think that I should be coaching. I should say, hey, let's sit down, have a conversation, and then after our conversation, if you still feel that way, then fine. Like that's your opinion, but I don't think that's going to be your opinion after you talk. You're pointing out that sometimes you have to prove it. You have to, the proof's in the pudding and you have to prove it. So let's go nasty and ugly and negative here. What's the worst thing that's happened to you in the terms of how somebody treated you, either within the team or from the stadium or whatever? So I've never had a problem with people on the teams that I've been with. It's mostly probably certain people outside of it. Um, like opponents and stuff in travel ball. I was coaching, filling in 
for for a team. And the coaches were kind of just almost kind of didn't want to play the game. The umpires didn't shake my hand, stuff like that. Like, there hasn't been too much. But, I mean, there was one instance where literally the parents had to hold another coach back because he didn't seem to understand what was going on and stuff. So, I mean, I haven't had anything too, too bad. But I've I've heard stories from other people that some stuff that has been bad. If you don't call that bad, I want to hear what the other stories are. That somebody, <laughs> that an umpire refuses to shake your hand, that there's somebody coming for you and has to be held back? Well, yeah. I mean, you just go on social media and you look at the comments on certain things that are posted that like SportsCenter or ESPN showcasing a woman. You just look at the, the comments underneath and it's just like, hey, you guys should be in the kitchen or stuff like that. Like those kind of comments they get they can get nasty pretty quick but they're keyboard warriors and you just gotta let that kind of you just gotta laugh at them because they don't understand where did you get that sense of self and sense of strength and sense of self-image I don't know I just never let those things like get to me I guess like whatever people say like that's what people are gonna say like you can't make their opinion be something you just got to let it go and let it go in one air and out the other. Well, I think that's amazing strength and amazing self-confidence. And clearly uh, you are wise and strong and skilled and congratulate you on that. My guest today is coach Jackie Reynolds. She is bench coach with the Johnson City Doughboys, one of few women in that kind of position. And we're talking about all that her work entails including dealing with the keyboard warriors, as you said. Well, I'll let you go. See, that's how we interviewers are. We just always were going for the negative. Give me something <laughs> horrible and nasty that people can get outraged about. You are a bench coach. Please tell me, because I know nothing about this. What is a bench coach? Last year, they were called bench coaches. This year, it's called the fourth coach. I coach first base. I work with the outfielders here. Um, we have, you know, we have our pitching coach, we have our hitting coach, um, and I'm pretty much just like another coach that the guys can go to if they need extra work or they have questions. I lead the team stretch. You have to spell things out for me, Coach Reynolds, yeah. and and probably for a lot of the audience, too. We're not baseball experts, but when you say they can come to you, first base, working with outfielders, what would be an example of a question or an issue somebody would have that they would come to you about? Um, Like if there's downtime and a kid wants to go hit in the cage, they can come up to him and be like, hey, can you throw me BP? And I'd be like, yep, I'll be in there in a second. BP? Batting practice. Oh, can you throw me? Okay, so batting practice. Yeah. You said that you coach first base. Does that mean you're out there? I see coaches at the first base telling people whether to run or stay, or I think I do. Is that what yep. you do? Yep. During the games, um, I'm on the field in the first base coach's box waiting for someone to come visit me. Uh, hopefully someone gets on base. And so then come you over. tell them when to run. What do you do there? Um, they so. When someone gets on base, they pick up the third base coach to find out uh, what the game plan is. They get signs from them. Um, so whether it's, you know, steal a base or we're going to hit and run, 
or you're just going to stay put there for now, wait till the ball gets hit. Um, I make sure that I communicate with them so they know that everyone's on the same page. Then we make sure that whenever they get to, when they get to first base, a lot of them have protective gear, um, like elbow guards, foot guards, all that stuff, batting gloves. Um, basically, I become the holder of those. The game moves quicker, so they're not just taking it off and running it to the dugout. I just hold it onto it. So the inning's over or if there's a pitching change or if there's a time that I can give them all their gear back. The only times that it gets a little weird is when uh, we bat through the lineup and they don't have their stuff. Then we have to call time and like I have to go over to the dugout and give them everything that they need. What would be an example of something you would do that I would think of as like pure coaching that you call a player aside and you say, look, I need to talk to you about this. You're doing X. I need you to do Y. Yeah, like. Well, from a first base coach point of view, they take their lead, they come back to the bag, talk about, you know, what the how fast the pitcher is pitching to the plate time wise, if they're in a good spot to steal a bag or if they're not. We do scouting reports on all the pitchers so we know, you know, if they're a high knee guy or a slide step guy. A slide step guy is gonna take a shorter time to get the ball to the plate. As soon as they're front foot lifts up that's when the clock starts and as soon as the ball hits the catcher's mitt that's when the clock stops um so a quick guy would be like closest to one um and like let's say like a guy that is a high knee guy that takes a little bit longer say that time is like 1.64 well the guys are 1.64 we're probably going to go um so when I'm at first base, I'm letting them know that times because a lot of our guys have the green light where they don't need the, the sign from the third base coach to go. Um, they can just take off. Uh, hopefully they'll be safe, especially with the times that we're telling them that they basically have the green light to go with. Um, so that could be an example. Another one would be like them taking their lead. Maybe I don't think that their league uh, is large enough. So I'm telling them, hey, a couple more steps, a couple more steps, get out there a little bit more. The guy on the mound hasn't picked off once. You can get a little bit more, get a little bit further out there. Maybe he does pick off. Maybe he doesn't. Um, but we all know where we should be at to be able to get back to the bag if they do pick off. So it's a lot of the the brain stuff and the statistics and putting it all together in terms of what what you know about the tip the player and how they typically play. Do you ever yeah. in practice go on the field with the guys play and in the games or in the practices? I mean. No, um, during BP and stuff, sometimes I head out there onto the field and kind of talk with them a little bit as they're as they're shagging, or I'll join in with them a little bit, just a couple times, maybe not a lot, but just to be around and show presence on the field, because then I can also answer questions when I'm out there as well. Let's talk about the joys that you get from this job. You're in Johnson City. I guess the 32 other guys are staying in the dorms in one dorm. Where do you stay? Are you in another dorm? Um, I'm in the dorm as well. Everyone has their own. Well, the guys are doubled up, um, but I have my own room. Well, that's nice of them not to put you, not to make you room with one of the, one of the guys that you have to coach or another coach or something. So see, that's a perk. That is definitely a perk in getting your own room. So you're down here, you're living in the dorm on your summer break from University of Massachusetts, where your full-time job is to be an assistant baseball coach. And what is it that you love about going to the baseball field? If I could sleep here, I would. Um, (laughs) 
I don't know, just being at the ballpark. Like, I did this 7 o'clock game. I think I got here at 12 today. So I spent most of my time at the ball field. I don't I There's just something about being here that just – it's just a great feeling to just be able to go to work and be happy as you're at work instead of dreading to go to work. Let's flip that question on its side then. What is the hardest thing about your job? Probably just being away from home. I'm – I come from a family that's very family oriented. So my family all kind of lives close together and I'm missing out on some things that my family does as a, as a group. Uh, so I think that probably is the hardest part because uh, I can see them, our family group chat going off. Everyone's at the pool and I'm just like, Oh, baseball field. <laughs> but as you said, you'd sleep there. And may I point out to listeners that this is a zoom call, but I'm in the comfort of my, what I call my little home studio, and Coach Reynolds is at the ball field. I can see the stadium behind her, and uh, she's not in a little fancy room somewhere with a Zoom set up and a computer. She's portable, sitting in the stands at the baseball field. What would you say to other girls who would be interested in doing the kind of thing that you're doing? You sound like you were uniquely suited. You were athletic. You were from an athletic family. You had a supportive family who encouraged you in your career. A lot of people might not have that. And they might have more resistance to saying, I'm female, but I want to work in baseball. What do you say to the younger girls who might be interested in following your footsteps? Don't give up. Don't take no for an answer. Something will eventually pop up. You just got to make it how you want to. You you just can't take no for an answer. If someone tells you that you can't work in baseball, take it as motivation instead. That's You just can't give up. Let's talk about fans. I'd say that there are feelings about fans. I bet there are great fans and I bet they're fans you'd like to throttle. Tell us about fans. So down here in Johnson City, we probably have the best fan base out of all the teams in the league. We've broke the attendance record two different times this year already. And, I mean, I interact with the fans probably as much as anyone else does. Um, they all know who I am, so I just make sure that, you know, I'm not – if someone says hi, I'm not just blowing them off. I, I make sure I wave or if I say something or – because, you know, they're paying money to come watch the boys play. So I don't want to – I want to make sure that they, that they keep on coming back. Are they starstruck? Do you give autographs? I have given a few autographs, yes. How do you feel about that? (laughs) Kind of like, I don't think you want mine. I think you want the guys, but some of them want mine. So I I just, I'll I'll never say no. Um, I've signed some weird stuff this year already. I signed a box of candy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've signed like someone's wristband. Uh, I've signed quite a few things this summer. What else do you think of when you think of fans i mean there has to be somebody who stands out well <laughs> there is a family that sits right next to our dugouts that has it started kind of as a joke but i think it's turned into something more than just a joke um they have a little little son who is probably i want to say either five or six maybe even younger one time he gave me a piece of candy as i went over to go to first base and i jokingly went over and was like hey, you gave me a piece of candy and we scored. You might have to give me another piece of candy. (laughs) And he did. And then we scored again. And I was like, 
it must be the candy we keep on scoring. <laughs> so now every inning they've been giving me candy. <laughs> so. <laughs> and are you obligated to eat it on the spot or do you get the luxury of stuffing it in your pocket? No, I, I eat it on the spot. It's like a, like a Starburst candy. It started off with Skittles and then it was Starburst candy. And it, it could only be orange ones because that's when we would score. If I got a different color, we wouldn't score. So the baseball superstitions already has started in in uh, the family, I guess. <laughs> That's funny. And it's interesting that it's a family that you mentioned since we had been talking about your family and how much they mean to you. Any chance that they're going to come down and see a game here in Johnson City or they are in Johnson City? My family, they came last year. They're not going to go this year. And they're if I come back next year, they'll go next year um, just because it's a lot of money to come fly down here and stay, rent a car and all that stuff. How's the team doing, the Johnson City Doughboys? Good. We are currently first in our division, looking forward to hopefully clinching a playoff spot. Uh, the top two teams from each division will play in the championship game. Um, and we have a, a pretty good lead. So I'm hoping that we continue what we're doing and hopefully we can clinch soon. Just they must have a wonderful coaching staff, the Johnson City Doughboys. But now hang on here, Coach Reynolds. What about the name of this team, the Doughboys? Yeah. Hello. They're not all boys. <laughs> well, the players are. They're the Doughboys. I'm just the coach. All right. Here's Where's your feminist stance here? You're part of the team. Let's correct this. The Doe people, the Doe team. I don't know. Doughboys well, is not flattering anyway. The Doughboys is, it's a military um, term. Ah. So our logo and stuff is the Doughboy looks like a soldier. So apparently in Johnson City, Doughboys were a, a big, uh, big part to it so there's a there's a historic uh reason for the doughboys all right well color me ignorant that's not unusual on this show <laughs> coach Reynolds. <laughs> so when are the playoffs when are the upcoming games how long does the season last so the season started back the first week of june our last game is july 31st and if we're in the championship game it'll be august 2nd and for people who are listening to this and saying I want to go and watch a game. How do they find information? They can go to the Doughboys website or they can go to the Appy League website or you can show up to the ballpark and buy tickets during the during the game day. What's the name of the ballpark there in Johnson City? TVA Credit Unit Ballpark. So people can Google that or better yet, Google Doughboys or go to the Appy League as far as baseball is concerned, Appy League Baseball, and you will find information. My guest today has been Coach Jackie Reynolds, bench coach or fourth coach, as we now say in the uh, Johnson City Doughboys summer team. Thank you very much for being with us today, Jackie. Yep. This has been This Conversation here on WEHC and WISE. You can hear this program over the air on 90.7, Wednesdays at 6, Sundays at 2. You can also find the podcast by searching on your podcast site, WEHC, This Conversation. Or you can go to the WEHC website and find a list for podcasts and archives there. Thank you very much for, for tuning in. Thank you, Coach Reynolds. And everybody, please stay tuned to this station.